Good evening, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're rejoicing and we are glad about it. Good to have you in the room on tonight, on this Wednesday night, as we get into the word of God. I pray that you had uh, a great uh, Resurrection Sunday this past uh, week and uh, hope that you had some good time with your family or friends. However, uh, you spent Resurrection morning or weekend uh, I pray that it was a, a, a heartfelt experience, uh, not only with family and friends, but with the risen Savior. Amen. Good evening, everybody. Good to have you in the room tonight. Who do we have in the room? Brother Johnson is already here. Amen. God bless you, Brother Johnson. Sister Jones is in the house. God bless you, Erica. God bless you. Sister Mac is in the house. Amen. Good evening to each of you. Helen Luster is already here. Y'all already here and ready. Debbie Littleton, God bless you. Good evening, Vicki Nunn. Good evening to you, Diane Snow. God bless you, Sister Snow. God bless you, Dwayne Wilson. Amen, my brother. God bless you. Loretta Epps is with us tonight. God bless you, Sister Epps. Hope that you all are well. Amen. Sister Duvall is in the house. Amen, Sister Duvall. God bless you. Mother Sexton is with us. Amen. Y'all holding it down at the courtyard. Amen. Sister Turner, Linda Turner, God bless you. Good to have you with us on tonight. Mandy White, God bless you, Sister Mandy. I can't wait to have get y'all back into the service. Virgie Butler, God bless you, Sister Butler. Good to see each of you. Barbara Heard, listen, you know what I need you to do? Go ahead and share this with your neighbor, with your friends. Let them know that you are watching K Chapel Live. It's time for us to get into the word of God. Greet your neighbors. Let them know that you are glad to see everybody in the room on tonight. Glad that you all are with us. Uh, God is great and he is just greatly to be praised. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, Sister Howard, Sister uh, oh my goodness, uh, the names are going. So listen, y'all keep them going. God bless you. God, glad that you all are here. Pauline Henderson, amen. God bless you all. Listen, listen, it is good, amen, and pleasant, the Bible says, for brethren and sisters to dwell together in unity. How good and pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity. And that's what we are. We are brothers and sisters dwelling together going through some things, but getting through some things. Amen. And we're going through and getting through together. Amen. And that's the beautiful thing about it. When brothers and sisters in Christ struggle together, celebrate together, uh, praise God together uh, and thank God for all he does and all that he is. Amen. 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 God bless you, Chloe Loving. Amen. I think I saw uh, uh, my mother and dad in the house. God bless you. I think I saw their names. Yeah. Amen. Thank you for that. Amen. Good to see you, mama and daddy. Uh, they're holding it down over there. Frederick Hunter, God bless you. Good to see you tonight, my brother. Jerome Harrington. Amen. You all are in the house, in the house. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, let's go ahead and say a word of prayer and we will get into this study on tonight. Father God, we bless you for tonight. We thank you for another day's journey, for being just the awesome and mighty God that you are. You're great. You're marvelous. You're mighty. And God, we praise you for who you are, for all of the wonderful things that you do and continue to do. Lord, we ask your blessings on this evening, your insight, your wisdom, your guidance by your spirit. Lord, that you would open our eyes that we might see and understand. God, we pray uh, for revelation knowledge. We pray for inspiration. 
We pray, O oh God, that when we read your word and study your word, that it will not just be head knowledge, but it will be heart changing, that it will be soul convicting, that it will be spirit leading, God, that you would grow up tall inside of us. Granted, God, we pray in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, and our Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. All right. Listen, let's get into this word tonight, y'all. Let's get into this word. We have been uh, concentrating in Mark's gospel. And last time we met, I, I quickly took you through uh, several chapters of Mark's gospel in order to get you to uh, Wednesday of Holy Week. And so we got to Wednesday where Jesus was um, betrayed uh, by Judas uh, for 30 pieces of silver. I hope you looked that up. Uh, that was some of the homework for last week uh, that you find out the significance of the 30 pieces of silver. And then, of course, uh, the rest of Holy Week, we know Monday, Thursday being the, the night uh, that uh, they gathered around the table to partake of the Passover meal. And then on Friday, Jesus was crucified. Crucified on uh, a hill called Golgotha in the Aramaic uh, Calvary as we know it to the English ear. We talked about Calvary and Golgotha a couple of weeks ago. But then after the crucifixion, after staying in the grave, after dying and after staying in the grave, Jesus rose. He rose triumphantly. He rose in victory. He rose with all power in heaven and earth in his hands. For surely this man could not only raise people from the dead, but raise himself. I'm kind of like that centurion at the cross. Surely he must be the son of God. So what I want to do tonight, because oftentimes after the resurrection, after Easter Sunday, it's kind of, you know, okay, now what? <laughs> you know, what happens after Easter? That, that's really what I want to deal with after Easter, after the resurrection. Because what you will notice is that Jesus does not rush off to heaven. He does not rush back to glory after he is raised from the dead. But Jesus actually sits with those who have watched him suffer. I think there's a great lesson in this. 
uh, both for those who suffer and for those who minister to the suffering. Jesus, and if you'll give me just a moment to try and try and frame this, because I think too often we are in such a rush to see the victorious Jesus who, right, who, who is raised up and and um, we assume cleaned up. Um, the grave clothes are are neatly folded, and 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 all of our concepts of Easter and resurrection have him in glorious white robes in victory. And we quickly forget the bloodiness of Friday. We quickly forget that he was wrapped in clothes that soaked up that blood. And, and we're, so, we're so ready to get to the resurrected Savior that we don't sit in the trauma or sit in the grief. And the, the beautiful thing that I that 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 I love about after Easter is that Jesus acknowledges the post-traumatic stress of Calvary. That there is trauma that has been experienced. People who have watched him die have been traumatized. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. People who have watched him die for hours on a cross have been traumatized. People who have walked with him and ministered with him and served with him only to know that, that he has been killed. He has been murdered. He has been lynched. They have been traumatized. This has been a violent act. This is, this is, and, and we, we're, we're so, we're so, we're so red. And, and, and it's not wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's not wrong to look forward to resurrection, but I think oftentimes we look so forward to the resurrection that we forget the trauma. And what I love about this is that Jesus does not rush off the scene, but he sits with those who have been traumatized. He rests and he meets and he appears and he converses and he fellowships, he eats. And I believe one of the reasons that he does this 
is because he knows that these people have witnessed the violence, have witnessed the tragic, have witnessed a criminal act, watch this, executed by the government. And he knows that they have to stay there. Y'all watch this, that they have to stay there and deal with and wrestle with the idea that this murder was done by the government. This murder of our Messiah was done by legal authorities. So I've been traumatized by witnessing it, but when, but I've been doubly traumatized knowing that it was the government that inflicted it. So I can't trust, I can't trust those who should be protecting and serving. And so Jesus knows that these people have gone through some real pain, some real stress, some real trauma. And because of that, he does not rush off to heaven. And that's the beautiful thing about the last few chapters or the last chapter of Mark, Mark chapter 16, and actually the last chapter of the gospels themselves. Because you see a Christ who has a heart for those whose hearts have been crushed. So what happens after Easter? After the resurrection? Because you would think, yes, okay, everything's okay because he is risen. But how many of you know that when you've been traumatized, you don't just get up and go the next day. Even, even when the situation, even when, even when, you know, you, you can see better days ahead, when you've been traumatized, you don't just go to the next day like Everything's good. And for people who are dealing with trauma, for people who, who, have, who have had not just hurt, but have, who have been violated, who have had violent acts against them, who have witnessed violence with someone they love, here is the good news of this text and this story that after Easter, Jesus sits with the traumatized and he makes appearances, particularly to those who are dealing with, I'm going to call it, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this is, this, these are the post-traumatic experiences after Easter. 
you know, because you 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 would think that after Easter, everything's okay. He's risen. No, but I still got some trauma. I got to heal. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're risen, Lord. But Lord, everything I saw, everything I felt, God, you got to do a work with me. You got to heal me. And so Jesus goes about needing, sitting, eating, and healing those who have been hurt. This is good news, y'all. So first thing, first, first meeting he has with, with those who have been traumatized, his first appearance is with Mary Magdalene. That's his very first appearance with Mary Magdalene. It's at the, it's at the, uh, it's at the tomb itself. Mark chapter 16, Mark chapter 16. Um, and this is, and Mark, Mark, uh, let's see. Tell you what, I'll start reading it at, at the very first, at the very first uh, verse of 16. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. Some people say sepulcher. Um, it, it can be pronounced both ways. Sepulcher, sepulcher, um, be pronounced both ways. Um, and they said among themselves, who shall roll away uh, the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a white, in a long white garment. They were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold, the place where they laid him. Hmm. But go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulchre. For they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Verse 9. Now, when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast seven devils. She went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. As they mourned and wept. He first met with Mary Magdalene, Peter and John. Um, and it... it, it you have to read all of the other gospels to get the the harmonizing of the gospels and the harmonizing of the the events surrounding um, um, uh, the, surrounding resurrection morning. Uh, who is there? Um, um, Peter, Peter is there. Peter 
outruns John. Uh, this is in John's gospel. He outruns John and, and uh, John is looking in the tomb from the outside. Peter goes into the tomb and investigates. So you have to read all of the gospels to get a, a, a harmonizing um, account um, of, of, of what happens that, that resurrection morning. But here in Mark, says that he appeared first uh, to Mary, that he's the first, she is the first one to see him. He is gone, he is resurrected. Peter and John know that he's not there, but the very first one who sees the resurrected Christ, Mary Magdalene. Let me look, let me look, let me look at something here. I think it says, let's see, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Verse, um, verse number five, and entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment. They were affrighted. He said unto them, be not affrighted. You see Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where you laid him. So here is this, this figure, this, this angel figure who is pointing out where Jesus, the body of Christ was. This is no longer there. Now, if you go to... I believe it is John's gospel. Let's see, John chapter 20. Uh, let's see, John chapter 20. Yeah, John chapter 20. Look at verse 15. Verse 15 says, she saith unto her, Jesus saith unto her, woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She supposing him to be the gardener. Uh, saith unto him, uh, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary, she turned herself, and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. So in John's gospel, you see where Mary um, assumes that 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 it is G that 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 it is a gardener. Who is there? But it is Jesus who reveals himself by calling her name. Right? That 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 Mary is so overtaken. Listen, y'all, Mary is so overtaken with grief that she does not recognize Jesus in front of him. And when you are overtaken with grief, you don't always recognize stuff that's right in front of you. Things that are right in front of you don't appear to be so clear. Things that you know to do aren't so easily done. Things that have been second nature to you suddenly become hard things to do. Why? Because you've been traumatized. Trauma has, 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 has set in and, and that which you would 
in under any other circumstances, that which you would readily recognize, you no longer recognize. You no longer can that which you could normally do and see and and understand. It's all what a fog. Why? Because you've been traumatized. And people who who deal with and live in live through trauma know some of what I'm speaking, some of, about what I'm speaking. Jesus, here's the good news of this though, y'all, that Jesus sits and meets with the traumatized. God meets us in our most desperate moments. And I don't know, I don't know what's, what's been traumatic for you. I don't know what has been devastating for you. I don't know what has 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 ripped ripped your heart and your heart beat. But this text and this story reminds us that God is still with us. And here and here's the thing that I want to encourage you to do. Here's the thing that I want to challenge you to do when you have been traumatized or when you are dealing with trauma or when you are dealing with violence, right? And 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 your heart is aching. Here's what I want to invite you to do. I want to invite you to engage with God in the midst of your trauma. Engage with God in the midst of your trauma. Because here is, here is, here is the temptation to isolate. Here is the temptation to withdraw. Here is the temptation. I'm I'm talking to you, you who 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 have who have been hurt to no ends. The temptation is to turn within yourself. And what I want to invite you to do is to engage with the Lord. Why? Because the Lord seeks to engage you. That's what this is about, y'all that after Easter, that Jesus in his resurrected body doesn't just rush off, but he knows that you've been hurt. He knows that your, your heart aches. He knows that you are in pain and he takes the time to sit with us. So because he wants to engage, he knows that he needs to engage with us. I wanna invite you to engage God in the midst of your trauma. And here is how. I want you to learn how to lament. I want you to learn how to lament. Did you know there's an entire book entitled Lamentations? There's a whole book in the Bible entitled Lamentations. 
And the book of Lamentations is crying out to God. It's grief. It's, it's asking the Lord, how long am I going to feel like this? How long am I going to have to deal with this? See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Everybody, again, everybody's in a rush for you to feel better, and I know it. And he, here's why I said this is good both for the suffering and for those who are ministering to the suffering. For those of you who are ministering to those who are in sorrow and suffering, quit rushing them to feel better. Quit rushing them to be healed. Quit, quit rushing them to get to the high point. Jesus does not rush those who have been traumatized. He doesn't rush it. He comes back and sits with them. And so if you are to, and I'm talking to those who are ministering now, if you are too impatient to sit with people, that may not be your ministry. If you are too impatient to let people lament, and if you can't handle people crying and tears without you trying to give some theology all the time, nope, you know what? I need to cry. Are you strong enough to let me cry? <laughs> right? I need to lament. I need to grieve. I need to mourn. I need to process this. I've been traumatized. And if you're going to rush me to be healed, go somewhere else with that. Let me cry for a minute. Let me have my mo moment to mourn. Amen, somebody. See, here's the thing. We we want we want so quickly for people to declare that they're blessed and highly favored that we don't give them space space to admit that they're broken. That they've been traumatized. That they never expected this to happen. So I'm inviting you to engage God through lamenting. Psalm number 13. Psalm number 13 is a good psalm of lament. Psalm number 13 is a good psalm of lament. Now, for those of you who decided this is, this is too sad of a Bible study. You can you can you can either mute me now or or you know uh, come back later because it, no you know what no don't mute me you stay on because you need to learn how to long suffer you need to learn how to how to how to how to sit in some uncomfortable spaces. So hang in there with me for a minute. Psalm 13 says, 
How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? You hear that? Those are the questions of a person whose heart has been traumatized. Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him. And those that trouble me rejoice when I have moved, when I am moved. Psalm 13 is a psalm of lament. Right. Psalm number 88. Psalm number 88. Y'all stay with me. Psalm number 88. Is a psalm of lament. Psalm 88 says, O Lord, God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Let my prayer come before thee. Incline mine ear unto my cry. For my soul is full of troubles and my life draweth nigh unto the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength, free among the dead like the slain that lie in the grave, whom thou rememberest no more, and they are cut off from thine hand. Thou hast hid me, thou, I'm sorry, thou hast laid me in the lowest pit in darkness, in my deeps, in the deeps. Thy wrath layeth hard upon me. And thou has afflicted me with all thy waves. I appreciate the fact that God makes sure that the author of authors of his holy word include prayers like this and include moments like this. I'm so thankful that God's word is not a glossed over presentation of life. I'm so glad that God's word is not a whitewashed rendition of reality. I'm glad that God allows us to read and know and hear that people of faith hurt. They have hurt hearts. They have crushed spirits and they deal with trauma. But here is, can I go back to Psalm 13? Because here's the thing, Psalm 13 starts with the traumatized heart, but the last two verses, verses five and six, but I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath death dealt bountifully with me. It's, it's yes, sit in it, sit in the sorrow, be honest about the hurt. Be be clear about the pain and and know that God is big enough to handle your hurt, that God is sovereign enough to deal with your sorrow, that God is powerful enough to handle your pain. Right. 
But after you've given out all of your pain and after you've cried all of your tears and after you've grieved and after you've mourned and after you've shouted all of your cries, here's what the psalmist says. I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. And all, all I want to tell you is <laughs> better and brighter days are coming. Go ahead. Live, live that, live that reality of, of, of a loss. Live in that reality of, of brokenness, of, of dreams deferred. Live, live in that. Do the work. Watch this. No, correction. Let the spirit do the work of grieving, you grieving and, and getting through the grief. For those of you who have experienced the trauma of COVID-19, the trauma of violence, the trauma of crime, this post-Easter account lets us know that Jesus still cares about you. Watch this, y'all. When everybody else is going, going on with their lives. Mm. See, traumatized folk know what this feels like. When, when the thing initially happens, everybody's there. When the hurt initially happens, Everybody's there. Everybody's around you. you. You can't hardly breathe because everybody's around you. But after everybody's gone and you're left there with the grief, you're left with the loss, this is where Jesus shows up. This is where God engages. This is where the Holy Spirit meets us. And I want to suggest this, and I'm going to move on. I want to suggest this, is that in the trauma, we experience the truth. In the trauma, we experience the truth. We experience the truth of the hurt, but we also experience the truth of the help. We experience both. In the trauma, we experience the truth of the hurt. It hurts, but we also experience the truth of the help. We experience the truth of the grief, but we also experience the truth of the grace. We experience the truth of the sorrow. We also experience the truth of his sovereignty. So go through the trauma. Jesus meets first Mary Magdalene. Secondly, he appears to Cleopas and his friend. These are the two men who are walking the road to Emmaus. And it's Luke's gospel, actually, that gives uh, a fuller picture of this account. But in Mark 16, 
in Mark 16, verse uh, verse 12 and 13, it says, after that, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. They went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. Now, in Luke's gospel, in Luke 24, and remember I told you, you kind of have to read them all to get a, a fuller picture and the harmonization of the gospels in these accounts. But in Luke 24, uh, verses 13, 24, verse 13. Okay, start at verse 13. Here's what it says. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlong, furlongs. And they talked together of all things which had happened. And it come to pass that while they communed together, and reason, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were holden that they should not know him. He said unto them, what manner of communications are these that ye have with one another as ye walk and are so sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and hast thou known and has not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, what things? They said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body. They came saying that they had also seen vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them, uh, which were with us, went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the woman had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. I'm going to stop right there. Here is, here is, here is. Jesus meeting with some of his followers. And here is the trauma. I, I want to I talk about the trauma of, of, how should I say this? Uh, of, of, of unmet expectations. They clearly say, we thought, Verse 21, we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. Unmet expectations. They thought that Jesus was the one who was going to uh, rescue Israel from Roman oppression. And they have been traumatized because everything that they expected has been pulled out from under them. Have you ever had the rug of life pulled out from under you? That's traumatic. Everything that they thought was going to happen went completely different. Everything they had been building their hopes on, everything that they understood about Isaiah's prophecy 400 years prior, everything that they thought was about to happen because Jesus was now here, all of that was gone.
because of the crucifixion. And now, not only was he crucified, but now there are reports that his body is missing. They are devastated. And Jesus does not leave them in their devastation. He comes and meets with them. Are you with me? Isn't that good news, y'all? That when we have been absolutely devastated, that Jesus does not abandon us, but he comes to us in our devastating moments, in our devastating experiences, when, when, when life, when, when we have these unmet expectations around us and we have been met with something we did not expect and everything we did expect doesn't come to pass, that Jesus doesn't abandon us and just go on, but he comes and sits with us and walks with us and talks with us. Y'all, that's good news. So this is hopefully encouraging someone who's Someone who's had to trade in some dreams. You've had to you've had to trade in what you dreamed for some drama. You've had to trade in what you thought would happen with the traumatic of what actually transpired. And Jesus does not leave you to face that by yourself. That I pray that blesses somebody. So he meets with Mary Magdalene. He meets with Cleopas. Mark 16, back in Mark 16, verse 13 says, Mark 16, verse 13 says, and they went and told it unto the residue, neither believe they them. Verse 14, afterward, he appeared unto the 11 as they sat at meat and unbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart and upbraided them, I'm sorry, with their uh, unbelief and hardness of heart because they believe not them which had seen him after he was risen. So you're getting all these reports about the risen Savior. The 11 disciples are held up in a room. They are in hiding because they are trying to make sense of it all while trying to keep themselves safe as safe as possible. And they're hearing all of these reports and they're trying to make sense of it while keeping safe. And Jesus 
appears to them. The 11 are talking about everything that has happened that morning. And it says, afterward, he appeared unto the 11 as they ate, as they sat at meat. So this is later on in the day, y'all. This is this is later on. This is this is not the early morning now. This is this is later on in the evening. Time for supper, right? This is later on in the evening. And Jesus appears to the eleven. Verse 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. This is this is such an incredible blessing that Jesus, and, and again, you got to read the other uh, gospels because, well, you know what? No, if you look at, um, let's see, um, verse, verse seven, verse seven of Mark 16, Mark 16, verse seven says, and this is when, um, um, this is, this is speaking the angel in this account, speaking to Mary, uh, Magdalene, but go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee, go your way, tell the disciples and Peter. And I always try to bring emphasis to the fact that, um, at this instruction, Peter's name is mentioned very specifically and intentionally because Peter has been doubly traumatized. I'm going to try and wrap this up, but, but Peter has been traumatized from the standpoint of not only having um, known that Jesus has been crucified, but he's been traumatized from the standpoint of having had betrayed or denied Jesus and having done so, telling Jesus that he would never do it. So here is the trauma, watch this y'all, the trauma of failure. I mean, and this isn't, this isn't, this isn't just, you know, I failed, you know, let's say, let's say this, this, the difference between failing a quiz and failing a class, right? So you, you don't feel good if you fail a quiz, but if you fail a whole course, yeah. And so Peter has failed in a major way. The trauma of, of that level of failure. And, or maybe, maybe, maybe it's not, failure of a course let's let's make it larger let's say you fail a grade level right and you got to repeat a grade let's deal with that trauma the trauma of everybody else moving on and you're stuck and you gotta 
you got to repeat it. And the trauma, the embarrassment, the embarrassment. And that's what Peter felt, the embarrassment of having failed Christ, but also having failed himself and doing so, watch this, and everybody knowing it. And that's why Peter's name is called out in the scripture. Go and tell the 11 and Peter, because Peter has failed in such a dramatic way that he has perhaps giving, given up on himself. Aren't you glad that in the trauma of life, when you have been, you have so embarrassed yourself, you have failed to such a degree that you think of yourself as an embarrassment, that God comes and embraces you and pulls you back in and says, go tell them and Peter and Reggie and, and, and John and whoever, right? That, 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 that your failure isn't so grand that God can't pull you back in that God can't embrace you, that God can't forgive you. My God, my God. So he appears to the 11. He appears to the 11. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there. Um, yeah, I'm going to stop there. Uh, because we, we, we got some, there's some more teaching I'm going to do, um, about the next, the next few appearances of Christ. Uh, so I'll, I'll stop there, but I pray that this has been a blessing to you. I pray that for those of you who, um, who know something about hurt, know something about pain, about sorrow, about trauma, uh, that you will recognize that, um, that God is a very present help in the midst of life's traumatic experiences, that he sits with us, he does not abandon us. He comes where we are. And even if, watch this, y'all, even if we've locked the doors to our heart, trying to keep ourselves safe from any more hurt, from any more exposure, that Jesus can show up in our midst. I pray that blesses y'all. I pray that blesses you. You who have been hurt, God does not rush off and leave us. He, in fact, comes to us and sits with us. Amen. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer. Let's pray you all. Father in heaven, thank you, God, that you are the God who knows us. You know when we hurt and where we hurt. And you also know why we hurt. Lord, thank you that in the midst of our trauma that you don't abandon us, but that you, in fact, come looking for us to sit with us, to meet with us, to talk to us. God, I pray right now for someone who is, who is dealing with the post-traumatic stress of loss, 
of violence, of criminal acts and activity, of death and disease, the post-traumatic stress of broken dreams, of broken relationships, the post-traumatic stress, whatever that is and wherever that is in our lives, God, I thank you that there is truth in the trauma. While there is hurt, there is yet help. While there is grief, there is yet grace. While there is misery, there is yet mercy. While there is sorrow, there is yet your sovereignty. God, I pray now for every tear that we cry. Lord, I pray that you will see the authenticity of our tears as we lament as we dare to sit in our suffering. God, I pray that you through your spirit would do a work with us as we sit in our pain, as we lament our loss, as we ask as the psalmist, Lord, how long? God, that you will give us insight to know that there is a turnaround, that it will come. And God, as we dare to give our hurt to you, thank you, Lord, that you're big enough to handle it. Thank you, God, that our questions don't damage our relationship with you, that our doubt does not keep you from coming to meet with us and touch us and commune with us. Thank you, oh God. I pray now that you bless and keep us by the presence and power of your spirit, that you hold us in the hollow of your hand that you minister your grace, that you build us up where we are torn down, that you in time lift our heads and exchange our mourning for joy and our ashes for beauty. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. We love you. God bless you. You all stay safe. Um, stay encouraged, stay prayerful. If you hadn't gotten your vaccination, you know, I'm gonna keep telling you until you do it, go get that vaccination. Amen. It's out there now. You shouldn't be having any trouble finding it or anything like that. Uh, so go ahead and get that vac vaccination. God bless you. We will see you soon. Love you. Good night.